This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. Are you ready to take your multifamily game to the next level? Well, you need to join us October 12th, Saturday, October 12th, for our one-day multifamily foundation workshop. We're going to bring it to you live. We got a list of 15 speakers that are going to go through the process of everything it takes to get your mind right, get the deal right, learn the terms, understand the markets, learn how to find the deals, learn how to underwrite the deals, learn how to put your team together, everything from property managers to brokers to insurance companies. Beyond that, what's the proper way to raise funds for a deal and how to close a deal and what to do after you take over a deal. So it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be awesome for you to join us. Got a great space. It's going to be here in New Jersey, in Springfield, New Jersey. Of course, it's going to be a one-day event, but we got everything packed in from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Right now, if you put in the code workshop, you're going to get a special discount. And again, that code is workshop, but you need to go to multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com and go fast because we've sold a ton of tickets for this. I actually was able to get a bigger room, so but that's filling up quickly as well. So again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Put in the code uh, workshop. There we go. Got that down and look forward to seeing you so we can all take massive action together. Well, hello again. Welcome back. Thanks again for checking in with us. And of course, if you like what you hear, go over to iTunes, give us a ratings and review. It doesn't have to be five star. We just want to hear from you. We want to know what you like, what we can do better, what we can bring more value to your day here. But we know we have an awesome guest. He's actually been on the episodes before. So we're going to check back. We'll put in the show notes, but it's probably like 300 episodes ago. So if you're going to look at what he was doing then compared to what he's doing now, it's been incredible. We welcome back Reed Goosens. Hey, Reed, how you doing? G'day. Thank you for having me back on the show. Unfortunately, we don't have your lovely wife with us today. I think the last time it was the two of you in front of uh, that, there was a, there was a billboard of uh, the foundation real estate. thing. That's exactly <laughs> right. She's uh, out making the kiddo, mic. The mic. <laughs> kiddo little doctor's appointments as, as life goes, but that's the good part about the husband wife couple, right? So it right. comes and you goes. but yeah, I usually get couple. that. No, no one misses me when she's on the show, but when, when she's not <laughs> on the show, there's, there's a whole different story, but I, I appreciate that. So Reed, just give, give us a, a quick overcap. Who are you and what have you been working on? Yep. So my weird accent, originally from Australia, uh, moved to the United States back in 2012, moved here for love. Uh, my, my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, Erica, is, is, is American. Um, but uh, the whole story is that, yeah, I, I, I'm a structural engineer. That's my background. Um, I moved to the United States without a job. I, burnt the, I quit my job in, in Aussie and uh, moved here without a job, with no network, um, pounded the street in New York City until I got a job. And then uh, was in, had my, bought, bought my first deal uh, six months after getting fresh off the boat because uh, the barriers to entry here in the United States are a lot different to they are in Australia. And um, my, a book that really helped me grow as an entrepreneur was, uh, was Rich Dad Poor Dad. And, and, and when I first moved here, I was just like, wow, you know, you can buy a property for 50,000 bucks and it can cash flow $700 a month. You know, this was back in 2012. And um, since then, gone on, I've flipped a few houses, um, have subsequently left my, my day job. I actually, I transitioned into being um, uh, an, owner, an owner's rep at a larger development firm in Los Angeles. So I spent three years uh, doing that um, when I moved to, to, you know, to learn essentially the ropes of the big, the big dogs <laughs> in the real estate development world, uh, whilst also doing my own syndication on the side. 
and have now gone full time for the last couple of years with uh, with Wildhorn Capital, with my business partner Andrew Campbell, and we currently have uh, at the end of the month we'll have sixteen hundred units under management. It's about one hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, worth of U.S. multifamily um, and achieved financial freedom in the few, uh, along the way. Uh, finally got my green card. So like there's all these, you know, the, the whole story, the whole shtick is, you know, I moved halfway across the world in 2012 and seven years later, I, uh, I've, I've achieved financial freedom and, and, and control over 150 million. And it's not to impress, it's just more to inspire. And then, you know, if, if, if I can come here with no funds, no network, I didn't go to school here, didn't have a family here. And, and if I can make it happen, then, then so can the average uh, Joe and they can get off the fence and, and get out there and get get going. So that's a little bit of the elevator pitch of uh, my story and background. And I love that. And so you're gonna have my bulldog in the background. He's he's finding food out there. But but and that's podcast life. But in that yeah. said, I love the story, right? And it just goes to show that you went there. Like when you even talk about your job, right? You just went out there and you just pounded the streets. So you found a job, and then you got mm-hmm. after it and you said, okay, well, it's not for me. So let me find the next step that that basically puts me in where I want to be. And now having access to real estate in a different light than you did while you were in Australia. So you said, I'm going to capitalize on it. And you've continued to do that. And that just speaks a lot to, well, of course yourself, but what is available here in America? And we yeah. sometimes take that for granted, especially if you, if you live here. So in your opportunities here, you've grown from, you know, starting out, you said you were flipping homes to 1600 units. And it, it sounds just mind blowing to people, right? If someone's mm-hmm. trying to do their first deal, this on the podcast, but it, it was done in stages and now you've grown this appellation where you're going from 100-unit properties to two, 300-unit deals now. What has been some of the hurdles that you feel you faced making the, the huge transition to some of the larger properties you're doing today? Yeah, so the big transition was uh, in and around the mindset of, of, of the power of OPM and other people's money and how I go out there and effectively uh, use a platform like podcasting or, or get my message out there. Because when I first moved to the United States, I struggled um, back in 2012. There was a lot of issues that I had to go through. I didn't even know what credit was. I, you know, What the hell is an LLC? Um, the banks wouldn't lend to me when I first moved here. So I had a bit of a story to tell. Um, it was a cool story that I just moved, you know, burnt the boats, quit my job in Australia, my, my, my very well-paying engineering job and moved halfway across the world for love. You know, I had something to say. So when I first went out there and started raising capital, it was about trying to build a, a foundation of investors, you know, who, who want to listen. And, 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 and really, I niched into my expertise, which was um, really talking to international investors about the benefits of investing here. So I started my own podcast, Investing in the US. I niched and just only spoke to international investors, but then I pivoted over the last um, four years since, since starting that show. Uh, and now to speak you know, to, to businesses and CEOs and startups and all that sort of stuff. And, and through that, I was able to attract more capital. Through that, I was able to go out and you know, co-sponsor other deals. And then through that, I was able to go and you know, branch off and do my own deals as the lead syndicator. So it's easier said than done. And there's a lot of hard work. There was a lot of times where I was juggling a full-time job with you know, grinding on the weekend. And, and it, took, you know, it took, took tolls on my, on my life and my personal life. But, but I've got there in the end. And, and really, it, it just was, there's no special source. It was just like trying to find a mentor, found that mentor, started the podcast, started getting a, a reach. Uh, started being consistent with my message. And, and then over time, it just slowly snowballs. And, and people hear the snowball effect and they think, oh, geez, that's a load of BS. But it truly, it does come true. Like you think for, for the longest period of time, there's nothing happening. You're just sort of digging away, you're chipping away, you're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And you think this is never going to freaking work. And all of a sudden, boom, it, something happens. And because and you, you've been consistent for two, three, four, five years. 
and all of a sudden it just it's it's an avalanche down the hill and and that's really what it's been like and uh I'm sure we can dive into some more specifics of it, but, sure. but in general, from a high level point of view, it was about creating a brand, creating a message, um, going out there and, and, and giving my message to the world and, and, and through a uh, trials and tribulations that I had experienced, just getting my first deal done in the United States because I was foreign. Uh, yeah. So that was some, surely someone out there wanted to listen to it besides my mum and dad. And, 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 and now four years later, it's uh, we have a couple of thousand episode downloads a month and, and it's, it's great, you know, and, yeah. and, and at the beginning, no one was speaking to international investors. And so I could be the brand of, well, I'm the number one in that space because I'm the only one in that space. But, but, but now I've, 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 you know, let those shackles go of, of international guys and just speaking to people who've come to the United States and not just coming, but just created something from nothing and, and through real estate, business, startups, and that there has attracted investors and that there has been able to fund more and more deals that I can, I can get going. So, so yeah. You've created that hurt, gotten past that hurdle by really just putting yourself out there and just following the constant steps here where you've gotten involved with, with mentors, gotten involved with other deals, just setting your platform. And it's like that two feet from gold rule, right? So you, everything, you feel like you're never going to get there, but you know, you don't know where you can get if, as long as you just keep pushing along. I was actually listening right. to Phil Knight's uh, shoe dog about the story of Nike and like they almost collapsed like probably a hundred times in a book, <laughs> let alone whatever actually really happened. Right. But right. you think about, well, where would Nike be? Right. If we, if the guys are like, you know what, um, I'm just going to stop because no one's going to buy my shoe. And it just it speaks to your story. How crucial do you feel that you, you talk about co-sponsoring is that now you're competing on a whole different level. You're competing on larger product, two, 300 units that are, you know, 20, 30 plus million dollar product. How, how crucial was the, the co-sponsoring for, for larger assets with, with, with someone uh, to your, and I've, I'm not going to have a great way to say it, but being taken seriously, buying this large product today and coming out in the process you're doing, how, how involved is that? Hey. It definitely helped for, it probably more helped on the um, sticking to your lane, if that makes sense. So when, when you're trying to start in this business of large multifamily, like there's a lot of pieces to it. There's the underwriting, there's the finding deals, there's a the debt, there's an the investor part of it. If you can go and you know, co-sponsor or, or partner up with someone who's done it before successfully, you can ride on their coattails from, from a credibility point of view. And that is how you get uh, trust with your investors in, in, in you know, the, the conversations in which you're having. And so that definitely leapfrogged me. I could just focus on raising the capital in the early stages um, to then, you know, uh, over a period of time, over a number of deals, you build up that, tra um, that track record, quote unquote track record, and then you can go out and start doing deals on your own because ultimately, you know, my, the, the way that I'm built is just like, I didn't want to just be a co-sponsor and play second fiddle to someone for, for forever. It was a stepping stone to be my own sponsor, to be my own syndicator, to run my own company. Um, but I needed that sort of um, uh, apprenticeship, so to speak, uh, with, with, with a mentor to, you know, who can guide me down the road. And, and that was, you know, in 2013, when I got the, the mentor, it was, a real like, well, I was looking at my own portfolio and I had a couple of small duplexes and triplexes. I, I think I flipped the house. I was still working full time. I hadn't really achieved financial freedom, but I knew I needed to up my game and, and, and I was using all my own money and I had to sort of go out there and you know, brand myself and, and, and attract other investors through podcasting, through that sort of stuff in order to show them the awesome opportunities that, that, that exist here in the United States. Hmm. Um, and that was the real... Um, you know, driving point to, to changing my mindset about, well, hang on, I need to, like Google and Facebook and Nike, probably they, they do, founders aren't just sitting on a pile of cash. They need to go out and 
leverage other people's money uh, in order to, to, to scale their business. So, so yeah. And so moving into this larger product and, and how did you position yourself when you were going out on your own? Well, you, you, you partnered up with Wildhorn, but how did you position your company now when you were standalone doing your own deals with, with the broker network or just really being able to have access to the product you were looking for? Yeah, so that was a really interesting transition, and and working with my with my mentor on a few deals. Um, one of the guys in that group had really good broker relationships, and so when I went out on my own, it was like who I needed someone who you know I was trying to chase 50, 60 unit deals in Texas, and I was living in Los Angeles. I needed someone on the ground um, who was you know able and, and knew knew the brokers and could shake the tree and see what apples fell off it or what lemons and, and you know, can we go and make lemonade out of it or are we going to get sour a sour fruit juice? <laughs> yeah. So um, it really, I had the system set up with with a couple of analysts who were working for me. Uh, and really, I need that partner, which which ended up being Andrew Campbell, um, to 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 who could be boots on the ground. I had a complementary skill set to him. He had a complementary skill set to me. Um, and in the early stages, I was I was getting invested in final calls on some smaller, less than a hundred unit product in Dallas and, and in the Texas markets. But I just wasn't there. I didn't have the broker relationship. And every time I opened my bloody mouth, there was a strain on the other end. <laughs> so they're they're like, who's this Aussie guy from LA trying to call and win these deals? And I was I was on you know best and final calls, but just missed out by fifty, sixty thousand dollars because I didn't have that 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 relationship with the broker, and, and hence I needed a, a partner because um, this business is all about partnering. Um, who who can who can be you know my um, my yin to my yang, you know if that makes sense. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And, and you spoke about really just you, you have complementary or tasks that you're doing, which, which is great. And of course, key for partnership, right? Understanding right. what your roles are and aligning with that force. And you have Andrews on the ground has, has experience as well. And you're both able to dive in and you were setting up your systems with, with your analyst. Talk to us about how, what was that system like? What is your underwriting approach today? Just where, where we're at today and, you know, latter part of 2019 compared to when you started and you don't have to talk about where you started, but let's just focus on how you're viewing deals today. Yeah. Well, so, but I think you have to come from where, where we were like the whole, um, drive behind me getting these analysts was to get out of my own bloody way, you know, cause I, I was seeing all these deals come through, but I didn't have time to, to underwrite them. And so I thought, well, if I can set up my systems and pay someone 15 bucks an hour, you know, an undergrad at USC to, 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 to underwrite deals, well then, you know, maybe they can do two deals a week. Well, it's two more deals than I could do a week because I was either working full time or had other, you know, things going on in the business. So I had to get out of my own way. That was a sort of first key piece of, piece of, you know, um, advice that I can give to people. So I set up the mousetrap of, of, of my underwriting spreadsheet. That's definitely have evolved tenfold since what I, what I, you know, what I do today, uh, I've gone through a ton of analysts because, you know, having a part-time analyst, they, people, you know, get jobs or they sure. do, scale up or whatever like that so but now uh in terms of how we're underwriting today we we had this the we have been for for many many years you know the typical 70 30 split with a pref um and, and we just were seeing in, in today's market that it's it's really hard to make those sort of deals pencil these days um the pref return is a bit of a noose around the neck I'd, if i could have my time over again i would love to just do 80 20 splits and and, and no pref um but you know that, that's the bed we've, we've made and so we're gonna lay in it so so now we're where we're changing up our structure a little bit more we're doing um uh we're doing a 70 30 split on 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 the equity or the ownership of the deal but we have carved it off uh, the equity into two different um tiers we call it tier a and tier b tier a it's, it's it's very similar to if you've ever been involved in ground up construction they in the capital stack you have your debt you have what's called a, a mes equity 
and then you have the actual equity sitting sitting behind that and you'll have the GP on top of that. So there's sort of four levels. Um, so if you think of a pie um, and 70% of that equity, uh, or the equity owns 70% of the deal, well, 25% of the equity is sitting just behind the debt. And they get a they get what's called a, a preferred return of a ten percent, um, which is paid current. But they get paid none of the back end. You know, if we 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 hit it out of the park, um, they they don't get to participate in the up end, uh, the up, the upside. Uh, the rest of the other seventy five percent of that equity gets paid an accruing pref of a particularly uh, anywhere between seven to eight percent, and they get seventy percent of the upside once we sell the asset in five, seven, six years time. Um, so, so what that does is that means that we can, with, with taking away 25% of the equity from the back end, hmm. reduce the IRR to the remaining, what we call class B investors. And, um, and, but it also gives investors options to, to, to place some money at, at 10% accruing paid current pref or, you know, more the long-term um, game and, and equity multiple type of game. And, and really from us, it's, it's, it's a great way. We just roll it out on a, on a deal here in, in Austin, Texas that we're, we're about to close on at the end of the month. And uh, it's a great way to see who wants to be in which bucket. And, and, and actually to our surprise, a lot of cl- the class A investors, uh, it's got snapped up very quickly just because hmm. it's sitting in a higher position in the capital stack. But from my point of view, it's like, well, let's focus more on the class B guys because they're the guys who've got that more long-term horizon. And, and in today's market, you know, um, a lot of people have made a ton of money in multifamily since the crash and doubled or tripled their money in like less than five years. Um, now we're in a market where you may double your money in eight years. That's still a really freaking good return. Sure. And, and people have had this expectation that of, of being over here on, on the left-hand side but now we're sort of coming more to more of a, a plateau and, and where I'm from in Australia, if you double your money in 10 years, that's a really good return and no one's expecting any better than that. So the fact that we've had um, investing environments in the last in here in the United States since the last recession where people have made a ton of money in a very short period of time means that you have to go and readjust investors' expectations. And that's why we, we would focus more on the class B investors for, for, for that next deal to, to say, oh, hey, look, there's not much cash flow out of the gate here, but you know, over an eight-year hold, you're going to make a 2.5x on your money or something like that. So um, Amazing. Yeah, it was going to be part of my question is how, how did you re-engage with, of course, current investors and talking about the different landscape coming across. But let's lead that into your book because I, I don't want to pass by that. You got an awesome book coming out. It's, uh, and you actually are, are, it's a prequel to another book book. Um, so talk to us about the book. And then if we have uh, time, we could jump into the seven steps, uh, yep. the seven piece, which would be great. Yeah. So new book out, if anyone's looking, it's called 10,000 miles to the American dream. Um, the whole, it started uh, three or four years ago when I had started the podcast, I'd started interviewing a couple of Australians who, who, who are living here in the United States. And I was introduced to more Aussies. And really through just the fact of being lonely, uh, I sat down one day and I wrote an, wrote an email to these eight other blokes and, and I was like, hey guys, you don't know each other, but I've interviewed you or I know someone's introduced me and, and look, we're all Australians, we all made the pilgrimage over here, we've all got successful real estate businesses or trying to build one. Um, we should start a monthly call, a monthly mastermind group. You know, it's not paid, it's just, you know, let's just get on the call and bounce ideas around and that was three and a half years ago. We, we met up in San Diego. Um, you know, we, we had sort of a, an agreement that would meet up once a year. Uh, the second year we met up in San Antonio and that's really where it was like, look, let's, let's write a book. We've got a story. We can all write a different chapter. We've all got different backgrounds. We've got a, got a guy who's, uh, who, who's involved in the book who, who, who writes a chapter about real estate technology. He moved out to San Francisco, Silicon Valley from Australia to start a 
a real estate technology firm that was listed on the, the, the Australian stock market uh, mm. for, for, for many, many years. We've got another guy who's in hotel investing. Um, we've got another gentleman who's in mobile home park investing. I've got my, my chapter, which is all about raising capital like a pro. Um, so it was just really uh, a cool way of bringing everyone together. Um, the book launched on July 4th and um, awesome. yeah, we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're, I was just in Asheville, North Carolina on the, one of the boys lives there. So we, we started the, the book nice. tour out there and um, yeah, it was, it's just been an awesome little journey and something that, that really started from nothing. It was just like, yeah. it started from a point of view of on, being an entrepreneur can be lonely. Why not surround yourself with other expats who, who are an Australian? They, 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 we have similar jokes. We, you know, we talk about similar sports. So mm-hmm. it was just a way of just uh, being surrounded by some awesome Aussie blokes and, and really, you know, I up my game and, and uh, from there we've created this awesome book. So, so awesome. Yeah. Where can you find the book? All on Amazon, you can also go to my website at readgoosens.com and you can uh, grab a book. So if anyone is listening, we, we do want the reviews. So please jump online and uh, I think it's only like 15 or 16 bucks. And uh, yeah, Sweet. give us a review. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. And you're working now uh, putting together your next book here. Uh, there's going to be seven principles involved. You want to give us the, the high yeah. level because we, of course we want to read the book, but why don't you give us yep. the high level yeah. what so the seven P's represent? It's actually six P's. Six P's. It started yeah. off with, uh, you I, can, I would say the first, the next P would be patience for us waiting for it to come out. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. It's not in there. So. Yeah, so the, the, I actually wrote uh, an ebook um, a couple of years back, and it, you can download it on my website. It's called the Four P Rule, uh, and it was just about this my view of how people in real estate uh, have been able to go from nothing to start raising a ton of capital, um, and, and then through that four P's, I've actually added an extra two P's. So the P's are pretty simple. It's 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 um it's not pretty simple, but it's it's professionalism, pitch, practice, platform, profile, and patience. And really it's a, it's about, so the first P professionalism um, is, is really about like people are not born with 10, 15 years of real estate experience, but they've come from a background and where people sitting out there today, like, Oh, I can't do what you do because you've got all this experience. Like, well, I didn't, I came from nothing as well, but I had, I I came from a structural engineering background. I I knew how to run meetings. I had, you know, really good interpersonal skills. I had really good analytical skills. So you've got to think when, when, when starting in this world, you, you have skill sets from wherever you've come from, even if you know, you're a tradie or you just, you know, you're, 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 you're you're doing, you're a mechanic. You've got some skills there that can be valuable. Um, And being professional is, is all about branding yourself correctly because at the end of the day, when you're going out raising capital, you are a brand. And if you don't take that seriously, you don't take yourself seriously, you don't act and, and look professional. And that could be, you know, the, the, the word professional, you know, you don't have to have a, you know, slick hair and a suit, you know, your professionalism can look something different. You know, your, your, your shtick might be just, you know, a flannel shirt and a pair of jeans, you know, whatever it is, you know, but people can know you for it. You're rocking up, you're on time, you're, 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 you're making sure that everyone understands what you're doing. So that's the, that's the first P. The second P is about pitching, um, pitching effectively. And um, uh, there's a whole, you know, formula in there that I, that I talk about. I won't get too into it, but it's, it's really about, you know, understanding how to pitch effectively in the first 30 seconds. And, and so when you're uh, you know, speaking to someone, they want to know that you're a real estate investor straight off the bat. They don't want to have to freaking guess, right, after five mm-hmm. minutes rambling on. And, and really a good pitch, no one ever thinks of it, oh, that's a good, that was a great pitch I heard. A good pitch is, is, is a leading to a great conversation. And someone should walk away from, from a conversation saying, wow, that was a really awesome conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about the three different ways of pitching. There's a, there's a social pitch, there's a scheduled pitch, and then there's a sales pitch. And so 
how how I how you use those pitching effectively to go out and then close on a deal. Um, the, the 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 third P is is the is the 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 profile, and it's all in and around about trying to create a profile online that people can look at you and say that is Reed Goosens or that is Jason Yarusi, and I know what he looks like, and every single uh, image of him or her is consistent across all platforms, social media, LinkedIn, and, and they can look at you and they just instantly, it's sort of like that, that constant reminder. You have the same uh, image, uh, your profile on LinkedIn has been updated. You may take some, down some stuff on, on Facebook you don't want people to see mm-hmm. uh, you know, from a past life. Um, and it, go out and get some professional headshots. Go out and create a website if you don't have a website. Go get a logo. This is all in and around having a, an awesome profile um, because it's 2019 and people will Google you. Yeah. Uh, the next P is is platform, uh, and platform is like this. You know, we talked about my 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 show and your in this show, we are using a platform of iTunes and SoundCloud and and YouTube to get our message out there. What? But but there's other platform types. There's there's blogging, right? Blogging is a is a very simple one that you can do. You can do a blog a month just on the things you're learning in your real estate business. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do a simple one as a newsletter. That's a platform as well to get your message out to your to your investor database. Um, you know, other on the other end, you could have books and you know podcasts and and TV shows. They're all platforms. You know, look at Oprah Winfrey. She she created a platform in the Oprah Winfrey Network, and she's also a massive real estate investor. So. You know, there's just different ways of creating, again, it's around creating a profile, creating um, uh, what, what's called a key person of influence uh, in your sphere about being a, a, a real estate investor. And, and, and that's in and around how are you going to get your message out there in terms of what platform you're going to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth P is the practice. And, and that is where you get your, your pitch deck and you're going out and you're hitting the pavement and, and you're doing those scheduled pitches, which is you might have met someone at a social pitch, social setting. They've been really intrigued by your pitch. They want to sit down for coffee. You go and meet them for coffee. It's a scheduled pitch. You, br- you pull out the iPhone, you, you put it on the calendar, and you might bring your pitch deck with you, which is you know, an example of uh, some deals that you might be done, or looking at or, or you know, hypothetical, uh, maybe some structuring, uh, just sort of going over the business of, of what you do in, 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 in real estate. And that could be from anything, from multifamily to flipping to wholesaling. But it gives, them, gives that investor or that potential client um, a tangible piece of paper or, or, or booklet that walks them through uh, the ups and downs of what you what your what your business is all about, and maybe some of the risks. And so that is really powerful in, in you know communicating your message. Um, and, and you have to do that a lot. You know, I remember my first time I tried to raise half a million uh, dollars. I thought, oh, I've got you know I'm going to go out to 50 people, and I reckon I'm going to get at least 20 that are going to invest. It was a cold shower. I I, I went out to 50 people. I think seven of them scheduled a you know a scheduled pitch, and and out of those seven, only two of them invested. So it was like that, the, the three, 3% rule, I had to double down on my platform. I had to double down on my, you know, making sure I was consistent with getting my message out there on, on iTunes and, and SoundCloud. So I could have more people to go. So instead of 50 people I'm going to, I'm going to a thousand people. So, you know, that 3% rule goes from a thousand people is now down to 30 people or 30 people times 50,000 bucks. It's a lot of money. So, sure is. You know, so, so it, it, it's again about having that mindset on the front end. Um, and, and I, it was a cold shower when I first raised that, that five, you know, I think it was only 150,000 bucks, but again, it was that realization I had to double down on, on, on my message and on my platform. And, and the, the last P is the, is, is patience. You know, this mm-hmm. is a long-term game and, and a lot of people give up very quickly. Um, you know, think about losing weight, for example, you know, you people, uh, say I'm going to lose weight in 30 days and you're like, well, great, good, good on you. But mm-hmm. the idea is that 
you know, you get to the end of 30 days and you haven't lost a weight, you're going to quit, right? The likelihood of you giving up is a lot higher because you didn't set your mind or your expectations on the front end correctly. And so if you're setting your expectations correctly on the front end, um, you are going to have me more, set yourself up more for success. There are some people out there who can achieve financial freedom within a year or within two years. And that's bloody fantastic. But in, I'm sitting here right now, Jason, and, and I'm telling you, it's taken me, I picked up the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, in, in 2009. It's now hmm. 2019, 10 years ago. I can, un, I can overestimate what I can achieve in a year, but I can underestimate what I can achieve in a decade. And that is true to this day. If you set out on this journey to think that you're going to be financially free within two years, you might and, and good on yep. you. But the reality is it's probably going to take more like five to seven years. And that's okay because you're then going to run your own race. You're not going to be stressed. And you're like, well, I've set my mind up. It's going to, be, it's going to take me seven years. Okay, so I'm just going to keep, keep doing what I'm doing. And, and it's, it, it becomes part of your DNA. You know, it becomes part of your fabric of who you are. And, and being an entrepreneur, you need to be. You need to live, breathe, and dream uh, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner. And so that's where the patience comes in. So professionalism, pitch, um, pl profile, platform, practice and patience. The six P's rule and it's, uh, it's in the book, 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. Yeah, I love it. And it's everything you said, like, right? Like your profile has just got to be consistent because if you think people aren't going to Google you before they show up and meet you, like that's pretty much, think about the reach you have with social media now. So ideally, if you're there with a beer hat on with two beers and, and some picture <laughs> of that, because people are going to look at consistency because if they're going right. to value, value you and value your opinion and value who you are and value what you could potentially do to help them achieve the goals they have investing in other, well, they want to know that when you say, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do something that that's the consistent person you're going to get. And we, we've done that across our profiles and we're of course focused on real estate family fitness. And that really represents a lot of it. And really just the point of, of stopping. I like that the fitness part is that, you know, if you, it's, it's almost like that misnomer. You want to lose weight in 30 days and you put this number in mind, but you don't realize that, you know, I don't know, um, muscle weighs more than fat. So all of a sudden now you feel, <laughs> and it's since you don't realize that, should I be focused on feeling better? And I actually feel great, but since I didn't lose this five pounds, when actually I did, I just lost in fat and gained in a muscle. Well, right. I'm going to stop because it must not be working. And right, you right, cut yourself right. off because you, you just haven't had your mindset around well, you bring up, You bring up a great point. I, know I, I use fitness as an analogy because I'm also very, I'm a fit, fit guy as well. And, and if I don't work out for two days in a row, I start getting stir crazy. But yeah. fitness is part of my life. It's part of my DNA and it's always has been from a very young age. The same thing is with being an entrepreneur. The same thing is with going out and creating a successful real estate business or any successful business. Right. It has to become part of your fabric. And, 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 and that's a trained muscle in itself, in, in, yeah. in the muscle in between your ears. It's not going to happen overnight, but you slowly put one step in front of the other. You know, you go out there, you put yourself out, you pitch effectively, you got your profile, you're, you're putting out your message and it happens over an extended period of time. Then all of a sudden, everything else starts to fall into place and that snowball effect starts to happen. So, yeah. And I yeah. love that. So Reed, thanks so much for coming on the show. Again, My really appreciate it. Of course, 10,000 miles to the American dream. You can find it on Amazon. You go to readgoosens.com. Uh, look out for the next book right there. Should be out a couple months. Uh, uh, so no, well, the, yeah, the six, I, I, I'm, I, it's, it's all about the 10,000 miles right now. Um, cool. the, the, the whole six P read the chapter. The whole six P yeah. is probably coming in the next 12 months, but uh, you yeah. got it. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Anywhere else they should connect with you. Readgoosens.com. Readgoosens.com. If you're ever in LA, uh, hit me up at info at readgoosens.com and go out for a beer or coffee, whatever. So yeah. Amazing. Reed, thanks so much again. Great to see you. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Mm.